The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Craig Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's our number three of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And We've got an absolutely tremendous hour coming up for you as you heard Brad Thomas last hour on the soccer panel. He's going to be joining me to talk a little football in about 15 minutes as we're also going to be joined by Scott Reichel. We've been talking a lot about football. We've been talking a lot of basketball. Hey, we've been taking a look at what we're going to be getting in terms of conference championship week and college football as well. We did that in hour number one, but we're going to be joined by those two guys. Get their thoughts on Thursday night football. We're going to also get their thoughts on a little bit of basketball as well towards back half of this hour. In the final segment, we're going to be putting a bow around a little bit of everything, giving you guys my DK Nation pick. And I personally have not really dove too much into Thursday Night Football. A little bit shorter this time, but in the final segment, I'm going to give you guys what I like. And I'll try to unearth a prop or two for you guys. As actually, what has been probably most profitable in terms of everything I've been doing a lot of my player props in terms of Monday Night Football and Thursday Night Football. They've been doing relatively solid this year, so going to be diving in on that and probably going to need to find some props as I do think that this is a properly lined Bills versus Patriots game. So we shall see what we get there, but we are also now seeing what we're getting in college basketball, and we're getting conference play in late November, early December. Firstly, I am not necessarily the world's biggest fan of that, but I am a fan of being able to make some money and I do think that there is some on the board. So let's start out with 779, 780 on the board. It is UCLA. They're in the road. They're facing off against Stanford. The Cardinal are between a six to a six half point favorite, or a six to a six half point underdog, I should say. UCLA is a favorite, and you're totally on this game in between 136 and 136 half. I can tell you right now, if UCLA was getting six to six half points, I would certainly be willing to take those points, and I think that you'd probably be able to get a nice money line price. Unfortunately, not the case, but. With that said, in terms of this UCLA team, I did make them a favorite more in the neighborhood of about seven or so points. So I do think that you still got a little bit of value here with this UCLA bunch. UCLA, it's been a team that has been able to do a nice job of being able to control the ball. Once again, you've got Tiger Campbell in the backcourt. He does not turn the ball over a hook a lot unless if you've got like that Illinois super duper press. But what is also big for this team, Jalen Clark, because you did see him miss the team's last game against Bellarmine. That was a little bit more due to illness. This was not a case in which he had suffered like some cataclysmic injury or anything like that. He was back at practice a few days ago. He is going to be good to go. And 
That is very, very important because Jalen Clark has really been the Swiss Army knife guy for this UCLA team. He's able to give them a double-figure amount of points, has been shooting over 40% from three-point range. He chips in their two steals per contest. He's able to give this team seven rebounds per game. If they needed him to, he'd be the sweat towel wiper upper guy, whatever they do, where they wipe up the sweat, whatever moniker you want to give them. He'd be able to do that as well. David Singleton, he's been able to do a solid job in the backcourt along with Amari Bailey. Both of these guys, they're able to contribute right around 21.5 points per game. And going up against the Sanford team that I just can't trust. Jared asks how he still has the coach at Sanford. I have no idea. If you could tell me, please do, because this has been mind-numbing in terms of Stanford, and I mean, they've got Harrison Ingram. He's able to give the team 10.5 points per game. We were looking at him thinking, man, this is going to be one of the best players in all of college basketball, and he has come up snake eyes thus far. Been able to give you about three, three and a half rebounds per game, but this is an incredibly inconsistent Stanford team that the only thing that you can bank on is them probably just making some stupid mistakes. They've been turning the ball over over 14 times for contests. They do have a guy that I like in Spencer Jones. Jones, in my opinion, is their most critical player. He gives them 11 points, four boards, blocking half for contests. He doesn't take stupid threes. He's been shooting about 28% this season. I think that he's doing for a little bit of positive progression. And Michael Jones, he transferred from Davidson. He's going to shoot better than 20% when it's all said and done. But, I mean, with Stanford, they just consistently, year in and year out, they turn the ball over. They don't force a lot of seals. They don't do a good job on the glass. There's not a lot of positives I'm able to say for this team other than they're going to be playing this game in Palo Alto. So, I mean, I guess they've got that working for them. But with UCLA, I'd be willing to lay up to seven with them. I think the line is moving in the right direction. They opened up a five and a half point favorite. Now we're seeing between six and six and a half. Wouldn't want to get really past seven, but even at a seven, I'd be willing to lay it. And with UCLA, they're playing a little bit more up-tempo this season. You've got a Sanford team that, well, the defense, far from terrific. They've got good size, but they don't know how to really use it. So... Not too terrific on that front for Sanford, and this is a total that I did set at a 137, so it's an area in which I'm going to be on UCLA in this spot, and right around 136, 136F. Actually, I'd be willing to take over because UCLA, they've done a tremendous job on defense since McCronin has taken over, but I'm willing to go with the over as well. How about if we look at a line that has been seeing quite a bit of movement, and you're starting to get some good numbers here if you like the home team. This is 781, 782 on the board. Washington State, they're on the road. They're facing off against the Ducks of Oregon. Oregon is between a five to a four-point favorite. This opened up five and a half. You're seeing at the lowest a five. Right now I'm seeing at the Westgate a four. And your total on this game is anywhere between 135 and 136. At the five and a half, I didn't think that it was necessarily too bad of value with, with Washington State. Washington State has been dealing with a few ailments, so... That is something that played into the line, and Jermaine Cuisart, he's still going to be out of the fold for Oregon as well. They're going to hope to get him back more towards like early January, but that is hurt the seam. But with Oregon, I made them a five-point favorite. So if you're able to get one of those four, four-and-a-halves, where I sit right now at Circa as a four-and-a-half, I'd be willing to lay it with Oregon. They've got a good home court advantage over there in Eugene that's got that very, very strange court, which... I actually used to work for the official flagship station of the Oregon Ducks for a year, so I actually know all too well about that home court advantage, and it is something, to say the least, and with Oregon, I'm talking about guys that are doing for regression slash progression. Will Richardson is not going to continue to shoot sub-30% from three-point range. You take a look at his last three years. He shot pretty much like 42, 40, and 39% from three-point range. Is he going to be shooting north of 40% at the end of the year? I don't know about that, but it's not going to be sub-30%. He's going to be able to see a nice little pickup there. And with Washington State, I feel like this team is getting steamed up a little bit because they just completely dump-trucked Detroit Mercy in their last game. And you want to talk about a team that they're probably going to see their three-point shooting toilet bowl a little bit? That'd be Washington State because you take a look at their top three players and TJ Bamba, Jabe Mullins, and then you're able to throw in their Justin Boom Boom Powell. All these guys are combined to shoot over 50% from three. Bamba is shooting 56.5% from three. Mullins, 51% from three. And then Justin Powell, he's shooting a paltry 45.5% from three-point range. These guys are good shooters. No doubt about it. They aren't this good of shooters. And you've got a guy in Mohamed Gay who I do like down low for this Washington State team. 12 points, six half boards, block per game. He's got the versatility to be able to pop three. So doesn't necessarily do so also well. And then a team that... Has had to survive this year without Deshaun Jackson. I don't think we're going to be seeing him at all this season. 
Andre Yagmovsky, I still have no idea why he's not out there on the court, but they've been without Andre Yagmovsky, guy from North Macedonia, who I actually do like for this team. But when it comes to Oregon, you've got to love what you've been able to get out of the duo of Kalia Ware along with Infali Dante. I do think that they're going to be able to control things down low. They're able to combine for about 12 and a half rebounds. You've been able to have these guys combine for about 24 points per game as well. Not necessarily the world's greatest versatility out of them, but you've got a little bit of versatility along with Quincy Garrier, who's able to shoot 37.5% from three-point range. Oregon's been pretty paltry at the free throw line, 61.6%. That is just not going to cut it, which is why I do have a little bit of trepidation here laying the number, but that's how Washington State, they only shoot right around 71% of the charity stripe as well, and I do think that Oregon is going to be able to do a solid job of being able to bear down on defense. Washington State has actually been able to do quite a solid job thus far this season of being able to play defense, but when you consider the competition that they have been playing, it's been far from terrific, so that is something that factors in as well, and when it comes to Oregon, you were noticing that they were a little bit more of a mid-tempo team last season. Typically, when Oregon has had a lot of their success, they've been a team that they've been very much willing to slow it down, not necessarily get out of sorts. And I feel like we're starting to see that this season. And for Washington State, they are playing at a very slow style as well. As a matter of fact, both of these teams rank in the bottom 60 in terms of total possessions per game. So I do think that we're going to see a little bit of a low-scoring defensive battle this is a number that I said in terms of the total at a 134, so I'm going to be willing to go under. And with Oregon, you get down below five, I'm going to be willing to lay it with them. And then let's tie a bow around the Pac-12 with Washington versus Oregon State, 775-776. Oregon State, the home team, they're a 5.5-point underdog, and your total on this game is anywhere between 132.5 and 133. First of all, credit where credit is due, Donnie, or I was about to call him Donnie Tindall, but with that said, Wayne Tinkle and his team, They've been able to show a lot of fight. They very nearly knock off Duke in the PK Invitational, which that is not an easy feat. This Oregon State team is just completely outgunned. They were supposed to have Christian Brown be one of their main starters in the backcourt. He was a transfer from Georgia. He's out for the year. You had war with all T-shaped, just pretty much say deuces. I'm going to play professionally. I'm not going to be playing in the NBA, but playing professionally is a whole lot better than playing in Corvallis, which... That's not necessarily too terrific, and yet they have found a freshman in Jordan Pope who's been able to give the team 16 points, 3.5 boards, 3.5 assists. This team is shooting 28% from three, and I'm talking about, oh, this team isn't that bad of a shooting team. This team is that bad of a shooting team. They have absolutely nothing down low. Dimitri Rooney, who was a backup at San Francisco last year, is right now seeing a lot of minutes down low for the team. Dexter Akano who's averaging right around six points per contest for a less than seller team last season. He's having to play big minutes, and for Washington, I actually like the way that this team has been able to put it together. They get that nice win over St. Mary's. They lost one game a little bit earlier in the season, but by and large, they've been able to do a solid job with the Keons. Keon Menafield is able to give you 10.5 points per game, shoots the ball from three, and Keon Brooks, the transfer from Kentucky, 16 points, seven boards, and then Franek Kepadog has been able to come in from Oregon, and he's been able to give the team six half boards. Washington had been playing very up-tempo last few seasons under Mike Hopkins. They got away from their identity. Now they're looking to play tough nose, just grind them out sort of style, be able to generate some turnovers, and they've done a solid job there. They rank in the top 10 nationally in terms of blocks per game. Oregon State is going to have nothing easy come to them. That means that they're going to have to hoist away from three, and they do not do a good job of hoisting away from three. Made Washington a seven-point favorite. I'm willing to lay it on the road. Semi-total at 131.5 as well, so also diving under, and something else that we're diving into, some football with. A pair of our good friends, Brad Thomas of NBC Sports Bet, along with Scott Reichel of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They join me on the flip side here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Calling all soccer fans to lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook with the World Cup in full swing. Now is the perfect time to check out Bet Rivers. Log into Bet Rivers every single match day and get a free $10 bet when you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has the latest lines, odds, and boosts to be able to create a perfect match day experience. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today as it is a whole new game. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Betting Network, joined now by a pair of great gentlemen. Long time no talk with Brad Thomas. Oh yeah, that's right. He was part of the soccer panel. Did a great job there. He does a little bit of everything over there at NBC Sports Bet. And I mean everything. Because if there's a way to be able to make money in terms of sports betting, Brad is doing it. And then you've got Scott Rachel. He does amazing work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Taking a look at football. I know that he does one of their main basketball shows as well. So gentlemen, it is always great to have you aboard. And Brad, we'll lead off with you because... It is Thursday night football. It is the Bills and the Patriots with the Patriots being a three and a half point underdog at home. This line has settled in with the total right around 43 and a half. So we've seen it go down a little bit. Where do you stand in terms of this game? Because with the Bills, I do feel like they're a pretty rightful favorite. I feel like this line is actually relatively right in terms of the side in the total. It's just a matter of how do the Bills approach this? Because I feel like the Josh Allen injury is affecting him a little bit more than what's being let on in the media. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about this Josh Allen injury, but what they're really not talking about is his placement of the football, right? Like Josh Allen has this injury and they think that it's going to be velocity and arm throwing strength, but he still has that. But the placement's really tough. They're going against a Patriots team who's second in defensive DVOA and now a Patriots team who's proven, regardless of what you think about the Vikings, they've proven that they can compete with the big dogs. For me, it's going to be Ramondre Stevenson over 15 and a half carries, right? Uh, David Harris got ruled out. You think he hasn't hit, Ronnie season hasn't hit this game since David Harris has come back, right? Now, no David Harris. Now a team that's going to compete. The line says it all. The line thinks this game is going to be close, and I actually agree. I actually do have the Patriots winning this game. It's going to be to the chagrin of a lot of people, which gives me more carries for Stevenson, who's averaged somewhere close to 13 and a half in his last three games. But five, 15 and a half with no Harris, no backup support, really. It's going to be a pretty nice number for me. Yep, I do not disagree with you there. And I've really liked what I've seen out of him this thus far this season as well. He's been able to do a nice job. Anyone that has Stevenson on your fantasy team, well, you've been able to strike some gold there. And we're going to throw this one to you as well, Scott. What are you saying in terms of Thursday night football? Because I do think that this is an intriguing matchup in which some of the best value might actually be on the props. Yeah, I'm going to a prop as well, but I'm going to go to a kicking prop. It's going to be uh, Patriots kicker Nick Falk over one and a half field goals. It's at even money. I have no idea why it's at even money. Uh, you're looking at the last couple of games for Falk. He's made it at least four field goals in three of the last four games. 
and yet one and a half is at even money. Uh, the Patriots are averaging 2.5 field goal attempts per game, which is tied for the most in the league. New England also really, really awful in the red zone. They rank 31st in red zone touchdown percentage. They kick a bunch of field goals with, uh, you know, goal to go because their play calling has been kind of atrocious in the red zone. And the Bills have allowed at least two field goal attempts in each of their last six games. I just think Folk, for a guy who's going to get a bunch of volume and for a guy who's once again made four field goals minimum in three of the last four, even money for him to hit at least two, I think is a great price. We all think the game's going to be somewhat close, which should result in probably some field goals throughout this game. But I'm going to take Folk over one and a half field goals. Absolutely. I think that that's a good call there. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a field goal game. And, well, a lot of these games of primetime have been field goal games. If you've been taking the field goal props over in terms of primetime games, they've been some of the few overs that you've been able to hit thus far this season. And, Scott, I know that you've got to play on Packers versus Bears, so we'll get to you in a minute on that. And we'll throw that game to you first, Brad, as right now with the Green Bay Packers, they've been seeing this line going up a little bit more and more. There's still a few straight four in the markets, but – a lot of four and a halves with the Green Bay Packers laying it. Total on this game is 43 and a half. And when it comes down to it, I think that's all about whether or not Justin Fields plays in this game. And I'm thinking it's more and more doubtful as I take a look at it, because if the Bears trot out there, just not Justin Fields. And by that, we mean just anyone else, because they very nearly had to throw throw out their Nate Peterman, which that would not have been too terrific, but if you see Trevor Simeon and or the Pickerman, I think that that is very bad with the Packers. Obviously, they're mulling whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to start or not. I am thinking that he is going to just because of the way that he is and the Packers are not mathematically eliminated. But I take a look at the spot. As long as Justin Fields doesn't play, I would be willing to lay up to seven with the Packers in all honesty. Yeah, there's two things that you can count on with the Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears. Reigning in April and Aaron Rodgers owning the Bears. He owns the Bears more than any quarterback in versus any team in the NFL. I don't care what the Packers are going through. The Packers could have a roster of just 12 men and somehow still beat the Bears. I'm going to be on the Packers if that didn't make any sense. Minus five and a half. I don't give two craps about the ribs. I don't give two craps about, about the thumb. It's just Aaron Rodgers is going to kind of sail off into the sunset. With, with, with playing against the Bears. If Jordan, if it's Jordan Love time, you better believe that he's going to do it, playing his arch rival one last time and then kind of go into this game. And then especially, no Justin Fields. I, I'm, I'm not even trying to guess who's going to play quarterback, who's hurt, who's hurting themselves in pregame warmups. The, the Bears are in disarray. They're defensively not sound, not the Bears that we, we rely on. And then without the mobility of their quarterback, they're going to struggle a lot in this game. Packers all day, not even thinking twice about it. Yep, I can't blame you there. Just pretty much it all comes down to Justin Fields being hurt, and that completely hurts the Bears. Scott, are you sort of on the same wavelength as myself and Brad in that as long as Fields doesn't play, it's really a bad spot for the Bears? Yeah, I'm going with the Packers anyway. I guess the (laughs) one concern is if Fields plays the Green Bay so bad against the run that maybe Fields can run wild. The problem is even in the games he has, the Bears have still lost each of those games. I mean, you're going through the numbers here. Chicago has been terrible defensively. They've allowed at least 27 points in each of the last five games. They've allowed at least 31 points in four of the last five games. They can't stop anybody. And now Eddie Jackson uh, is out for the year. He got injured midway through the Jets game. Darnell Mooney, uh, Mooney's also out for the year, so they have no receivers either. They're arguably the worst team in the league right now, just based on the overall talent or lack thereof. I still think Houston probably takes the cake. But the point of Chicago is really a bad team. Green Bay hasn't been good either. They still scored 30 against Philly, so I know they can move the ball, and they should be able to move the ball against the Chicago team. But Fields, I don't even know why you'd bother playing him at this point. Aren't you just better off shutting him down and basically just trying to secure a top three draft pick? That's what I would do. Yep, you talk about the Bears perhaps being the worst team in the NFL. The worst unit as a whole might be the Broncos. Fortunately for them, the defense is completely saving them from being the worst team in the NFL, but that is... So bad to say the least. And well, both of these offenses in a game that you're looking at, Scott, they leave a little bit of something to be desired as well. The Commanders and the Giants. Giants are two and a half point home underdogs. Tallens game is between 40 and 40 and a half. And such a strange spot because these two teams are going to be playing two weeks from now as well. And I believe that it's the, I would like to say the 
Giants who are going to be having a bye week. And then they play the next week against the Washington Commanders as well. So they're going to be playing nothing but Commanders the next few weeks. But what do you saying in terms of this game? Because I take a look at both of these offenses and they've left a little bit of something to be desired. But they've just found ways with, honestly, good coaching to be able to get the job done. That's exactly my point. I'm going to take the under. 40 and a half. I don't exactly trust either offense in this matchup. Uh, the Commanders have won a lot of games recently. They've also had a lot of low-scoring games recently, which is definitely correlated because the offense has not been great. But uh, eight of Washington's last 10 games have had less than 39 points. The Giants are injured to hell and back. We saw them missing a bunch of offensive linemen. Uh, their entire wide receiver core is basically shot. I don't trust the weapons there. And no offense to Giants fans, I still don't exactly think Daniel Jones is that good. No offense, but still... Uh, Heineke has done a good job of really being a good game manager. He's limited the mistakes. Is his stat line that impressive? Not really, but he doesn't lose you the game and he makes enough throws when you need them to count. But I think you're going to see a pretty ugly game because both teams offensively rank in the bottom 10, bottom 11 in yards per game. I don't see a lot of high quality scoring chances, so to speak, in MetLife. Weather is not going to be great. I think you'll see a low scoring, grinded out game. This game is 2017 written all over it for me. 2013, something like that. But 40 and a half seems a little bit too high. I'm going to take the under. Yep, I don't blame you there. And then with this game, Brad, I do think that it's of fascination. We've got about 45 seconds for Texans versus Browns. And I think that's all the time <laughs> it probably deserves with the Texans being a home touchdown underdog. Deshaun Watson makes his return to Houston. How do you gauge this game? Just because with Deshaun Watson, he's been out for so long and I just can't trust him until I see him out there on the field. Yeah, no, it's not about trusting Deshaun Watson either for me. It's about trusting the Browns as a unit. Um, I, I, if I were to play this game, I would probably just ignore the spread, ignore the total, and go ahead and back all reliable. Nick Chubb, over 16 and a half rushing yards. If it's moved to 17 and a half, go ahead and take it. Close your eyes. It's going to be sweaty. 26 in the last game. Even when they were losing the game, they were, pat they were running the ball with Nick Chubb. That's how they're going to get it done. Worst defense Running defense in the league right there for the Texans. That is such think, a good point. That you carries. Yep, it's carries, carries, carries. Yep, Sorry. in terms of carries, yes. Take a look at the over on Nick Chubb and something that we're going to be taking a look at next. Some college football with Scott Reichel of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and Brad Thomas of NBC Sports Bet right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make, the, make game day a little bit more chill with some extra cash. Play for free during the college football season with Brewers Light College Football Pick'em. Join 15 free-to-play pools for your shot at $5,000 in weekly cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Coors Light Pick'em now to join in on the action. Coors Light, perfect shot of refreshment, 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Per usual, please do drink responsibly. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Being rejoined by Brad Thomas, does great work at NBC Sports Bet. And likewise, for Scott Reichel over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And gentlemen, let's talk some college football and you know what, Scott, you've got a little bit of an interesting one. We're going to be looking at the bigger bowls in a minute, but you've got a little bit of a play here on Southern versus Jackson State. This is the SWAC championship game with Jackson State being between a 17.5 to an 18-point favorite. Take me through this one because I know you're taking a look at this as there's money to be made, no doubt, with regards to these bigger bowl games and these bigger, shall we say, championship games that are coming up this week, but there's money to be made in the FCS as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under in this game at 50 and a half. There has been some money coming in on the under. I'm assuming it's sharp money because I don't know what public bettors are betting the under in the FCS game. But I do think there's some value on it. These teams just played against each other on October 29th. Game landed 35. In fact, Southern didn't even score in the game. But Jackson State, led, of course, by Coach Deion Sanders, has been amazing defensively. Who would have thought? But they've allowed less than 15 points in 10 of their first 11 games this season. Both teams also elite defensively in terms of yards allowed. Jackson State's allowing just 216.9 yards per game, which ranks first in all of FCS. Southern not far behind, though, allowing 288, which ranks fourth. You have two very good defenses between two teams that just saw each other about a month ago, and that game landed 35. 
I think Southern might struggle to move the ball, and I do think Southern's defense will be motivated after allowing 35 in the first meeting. I just think this number's too high, and since there has been movement on the under, it seems sharp to me. I'm going to back it. I'm going to take the under. I like it as well. Good points there, and prime you is something that is very interesting, and we shall see if Deion Sanders is going to be coaching at perhaps a power conference level within the next few months as well. And Brad, I know you've got to take in terms of Kansas State and TCU. This is going to be the big one on Saturday because it's when to get in for TCU in terms of college football playoff. And we find them as two and a half point favorites with a total anywhere between 61 and a half and 62. Very big revenge spot here for Kansas State. They lose that game with their quarterback, Adrian Martinez, going out. And if he doesn't go out, who in the heck knows what happens in terms of that one? Everything is on the line for TCU, but it is in their home state as well. Where do you stand in terms of TCU-Kansas State? Man, I was praying that this game would land somewhere like five and a half, and I was ready to take Kansas State. But anything under four, three, it leads me to TCU. If you look at these two teams on paper, they're actually pretty pretty even. Like uh, 33, 33rd defensive success rate for uh, Kansas State, 43rd defensive success rate for TCU. 55th offensive success rate for Kansas State, 58th offensive success rate for TCU. And so naturally you say, I just want to back Kansas State, right? Because they have the higher success rate between the two teams. But then you look at what does TCU do well? What does this offense, what makes them hum? Kendra Miller, Max Duggan, big explosive plays. The biggest weakness on this uh, Kansas State defense is their defense. They are 75th EPA against the rush versus 33rd EPA uh, running on TCU side. I think TCA runs, TCU runs away with this one. This is one of those games where if you want to talk about experience, if you want to talk about been there, done that, you're not going to be able to. You're going to talk about sheer playing ability and teams that are up for the game. It's TCU. I think they go out there and they smoke Kansas State, but I don't mind the two and a half. If it would have been five and a half. We would have had another question, but two and a half for me for the Horned Frogs. Yep. I think that this is a game that anything below three, I'm right there with you. I think that TCU gets it done. They get into the college football playoff. And when it comes to this team, they want to get it done and get into the college football playoff as well. And that would be Michigan. They are going to be playing against Purdue out there at Lucas Oil Stadium. And as is customary with the Big Ten championship game, we've got a relatively big spread with a team that's completely outgunned with Purdue being a 17 point underdog. Dawn's game is anywhere between 52 and 52 and a half. I believe that you guys both have shot thoughts on this one. I'll start with you, Scott, in terms of this game, because I take a look at Michigan, and I think the big question is whether or not they're going to be able to generate enough offense to be able to cover this number, though they looked very impressive against Ohio State. So they're coming in with a whole bunch of confidence and a whole bunch of just general moxie. Yeah, I'm going to take Michigan. Going into this game blindly, I was going to fade whoever came out of the Big Ten West in this game because that's one of the worst divisions in all of football. (laughs) Uh, But I am going to take Michigan in this one. They're off the big win against Ohio State. They dominated the line of scrimmage. And I do think that Michigan, who has really just been incredible this season, no way around it. Uh, They have won six of their last seven games by at least 22 points. The main reason why I'm going to take Michigan minus 16 and a half on a bit of a somber note, but I at least have to mention it. Purdue might be using their backup quarterback because their starting quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, had a death in the family. In fact, it was his brother, and he has actually not been with the team since the start of the week. I've been with the family. They've been, you know, dealing with that themselves and, you know, thoughts and prayers to the family. But I have to at least acknowledge the fact that Purdue might be using a backup quarterback, and that's definitely going to be a concern. Michigan is clearly the better team in every aspect. But the question that you have is, can Purdue score enough to keep this game within two possessions? If O'Connell's out or even on a limited short week of practice, I don't like Purdue's chances to move the ball against Michigan because Michigan's defense is incredible, and they rank 11th in passing yards allowed against FBS competition. I just think Michigan's another animal. You look at Purdue, they haven't played anybody all year. Their their toughest opponent was arguably Penn State in the opener, but they didn't play Ohio State. They didn't play Michigan. They kind of coasted beating up on some of the weaker teams in that ridiculous wild wild west division that they were in i think michigan manhandles them but once again it's sad to hear about o'connell but i gotta at least present the facts and the facts are he might not play so i'm gonna take michigan yep and with purdue you just mentioned it they the west that they played in not so great this year to say the least in the big 10 and brad i know that you've got a little bit of a read on this game and i think that you're going where scott is on this 
Scott laid it down beautifully. Listen, Aiden O'Connell, even if he plays, you need every extra minute of preparation against this Michigan side. Michigan has scored, has beat their opponent by 17 or more in nine of the games they've played. If you want to look at EPA margin, uh, Michigan second. If you want to look at offensive success rate, ninth. If you want to look at defensive success rate, 10. If you want to net points per drive first. We're not even going to talk about the other side of the ball on Purdue because I don't want to disrespect the successful season that they've had, but it's not even close. It's going to be one of those lopsided games. And people want to talk about letdown spot after beating Ohio State, their arch rival. Yeah, what happened last year in the Big Ten championship game when they absolutely dismantled Iowa? They made Iowa look like a team that didn't even have a defense. They scored 40-plus points on them. And this Purdue team, let's look at their, their, their success rate. Oh, 26. I think last year coming into this game, Iowa had a defensive success rate of eight. So I think that Michigan will be able to move the ball. And what was welcoming from this Michigan team was everyone talks about Blake Corum being the engine that runs this team. Donovan Edwards, over 200 rushing yards against one of the best defenses in the country. I think they're well off regardless of who's running the ball, regardless of who's healthy. So give me Michigan minus 17 now. Yep. It actually kind of reminds me to tell you guys to go follow and watch on www.nbcsportsedge.com because I gave the line out at 16. I'm still playing 17. Yep, I am right there with you. And, I mean, you mentioned all those rushing yards that he was able to rack up. 160 yards on just those two carries in the fourth yes. quarter alone. That salted the game away, and that put salt in the wound of the Ohio State University. And you shall see what bowl game they get in now because chance that they might not be in the Rose Bowl as well. So that is very, very interesting to say the least. And, Scott, I know that there's one other game that you're looking at, and I know that there's a little bit more trepidation now because with the Boise State injury report, well, a little bit less than savory, and we've seen the line move as a result. Boise State, they're opening up in a lot of spots right around about a five, five and a half-ish. Now we've seen this come down to three in most spots, and between 53 and a half to 54 is the total. Where do you stand in terms of this game, and just what are you taking a look at? Because with Boise State, I know that they're coming in a little bit banged up. Yeah, for me, I was initially going to take Boise at the three, especially when you cross over a couple key numbers. But the more that I thought about it, I am kind of leaning to Fresno now, and I'm curious how much of the first meeting the regular season you can toss out because Hayner didn't play, and Fresno State, as a result, had used a backup quarterback. Reminder, the same backup quarterback that lost to UConn. So it wasn't exactly a good replacement option. Uh, no offense to UConn. I know they're in a bowl game. Congrats. But still, I think Fresno State's going to be motivated, and they're going to bounce back in this spot. I do think that Boise State, of course, with Green in the ground game is definitely going to help. However, Helwani, their starting running back, got hurt in the third quarter of the game against Utah State. He had ice on his shoulder pretty much the entire fourth quarter. There are just so many injuries in the trenches and the skill positions, and I do think that the line movement has merit. I'm going to lean to Fresno in the spot. I'll take the healthier team. Yep, I do think that that Boise injury report, that is not so savory, but it's always great to have you guys on. Scott, you do great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. and Brad over at NBC Sports Bet. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks. Always great to have those gentlemen aboard, and we wrap things up next with plays in college basketball along with Thursday Night Football right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Cyber Monday deal has been extended. Sign up to become a VSIN Pro subscriber and you'll be getting a daily recap of all the top plays made by VSIN shows and guests. You get tools like betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. Deep dives on daily betting reports, plus our upcoming college bowl and Super Bowl guides. New VSIN Pro annual subscribers are also getting a $30 credit to the VSIN store. The VSIN store, perfect for sports betting, hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up, this is an extended offer that is not going to be lasting long, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift. That is at vsin.com slash subscribe. It is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on vsin, the sports betting network, and it is always great to get those two gentlemen aboard, Brian Thomas over there at NBC Sports Bet, who joined me to talk some soccer a little bit earlier on in the show as well, and then Scott Rachel of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and if you wanted to hear that soccer talk, well, you go to vcin.com slash podcast. Every single hour of the Greg Peterson Experience has it there. Or if you're listening live, a replay of the Greg Peterson Experience is coming up next. So we've got you covered on all fronts there. And if you are listening to a replay, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, follow the money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard is going to be coming your way. I'm sure they're going to be breaking down a rambunctious day of sports. You've got the World Cup. You've got Thursday Night Football. You've got college basketball. You've got hockey. You've got the NBA. Heck, you can just insert whatever you want here because it is pretty much all going on except for baseball right now, and there will be plenty of baseball during the summertime, and there is plenty to take a look at right now in terms of college basketball. I'll give you guys my DK Nation pick. Hopefully we can get out of this a little bit of a funk right now, and then we'll try to find you guys some money in terms of Thursday night football as well. But first, let's take a look at college basketball, and really, in my opinion, one of the biggest games that we're going to be seeing this shall we say, non-conference portion of the season. 751-752 on the betting board. It is Creighton paying a visit to Texas and the Longhorns. Texas between a 6.5 to a 7-point favorite. So on this game is anywhere between 141 and 141 and a half. We've seen this elevated even more, and I like it even more because I'm going to be taking a look at this total under semi-total 134. Texas under Chris Beard has been playing a pretty slow and controlled style, and they just do an amazing job on defense, a top-five defense in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, if you're looking on a per-game basis, they've been allowing 52.8 points per game. Now, this is a good Creighton offense. They rank in the top 10 nationally in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. They've been going up against a lot more up-tempo teams and teams that they don't necessarily prioritize defense. So I do think that that plays a part of it. And for Creighton, their improved ball security is going to be put to the test as you've had Ryan Nemar do a really good job of taking care of the ball last season was turning the ball over nearly double what he has been this season for a Creighton team that they're only turning the ball over 10 times for contest. They've been able to do a rock-solid job there, but you have a Texas team that generates a turnover on 28.2% of possessions on defense. That is a top-five mark in all of college basketball. Texas, they've also done a good job of guarding the three-pointer. Creighton last season, they were shooting about 30.8% from three-point range. That has improved to 38%. Big reason why Baylor Shireman, he's been able to do a very solid job as He's been able to come in, give the team 12 points, six plus rebounds, bury quite a few threes. But that said, with Texas, they're allowing the opponents to shoot just 26% from three-point range. That is one of the better marks that you're going to find in all of college basketball. As a matter of fact, that's in the top 20 in all of college basketball. In Texas, they've got their woes in terms of three-point shooting as well. This is a bunch that 
They're shooting about 30.1, 30.2% from three-point range. That's good for 279th nationally. So they've got some liabilities there. And this is even with having Tyrese Hunter, who comes in from Iowa State, really improve his three-point shooting. He shot about 25% from distance. What was the Cyclones last season? This season, he has been shooting 39% from three, but he, along with Marcus Carr, are combined to be able to give you about four steals per game. They've been able to do a tremendous job in that front. And with Texas, I do think that they're going to be able to get it done. They've got such good versatility. You've got so many guys like Dylan Jones who are able to give you a few rebounds per game. Timmy Allen has done a great job as well. It's a Texas team in which a hole is really greater than the sum of its parts. But with Creighton and all these guys, like an Arthur Kaluma, like Nemard, who I was talking about a little bit earlier, taking that year one to year two bump, I do think that this is going to be a Creighton bunch. And they're going to be able to hold in this game. I don't want them on the money line or anything like that. As it's very hard to go into Austin and be able to get a win. But I said this line at six. So being able to get the hook on six like I'm seeing right now, DraftKings and Darnier. Every other book out there, I'm seeing one through eight, seven. I'm willing to take those points. The DK Nation write-up, that is going to be in on the under, though, as I did set my total at a 134. And hopefully this is the one that snaps that little bit of a cold spell and we can go on a nice run from here. And we're going to look to go on a nice run in terms of being able to make some money on Thursday Night Football. Is it's the Bills and it is the Patriots. And the Patriots, they're a three-and-a-half point home underdog. Total on this game is 43-and-a-half. And I do have my trepidations with the Buffalo Bills right now just with Josh Allen, that injury. And Josh Allen, quite frankly, has been making quite a few mistakes recently. He has thrown 11 interceptions thus far this season. He has thrown at least one pick and now four out of the last five games that he has played in. So you do have some concerns on that front. And I do think that for the Buffalo Bills, they could use a little bit more of a ground game. When it comes to just what you've been able to get out of Devin Singletary, it's left a little bit of something to be desired. I know that we've had a few guests on this show talk about the Stevenson over in terms of carries, rushing yards, what have you, with the New England Patriots. That's not necessarily too bad of a look. I'd be willing to tail that myself. But when it comes down to this game itself, I do think that the Bills, they are going to look a little bit more rock solid in this one. I do think that Josh Allen is going to be looking a little bit healthier. And I do think that it is a big deal that both of these teams, they did they actually played last Thursday on Thanksgiving. So they've got essentially a full week. This is not like a short week for either of these teams. And for the Buffalo Bills, they're still dealing with guys like Espenza and Greg Russo being out of the fold in terms of that defense. That leaves a little bit of something to be desired. And likewise for the Patriots, their offense, they're still dealing with some injuries of their own. It's going to be interesting to see whether or not you're going to be able to get Jacoby Myers out there as he's been dealing with a little bit of a shoulder issue. I would think that he's going to be good to go, but it's really Stevenson and nobody else in terms of this halfback sort of unit for the New England Patriots. So that is something where they do go a little bit wrong. And in terms of the interceptions props, I do think that it's very interesting. I actually do think that Josh Allen is going to go with a clean sheet. And I also think that the Patriots are going to take the ball out of the hands of Mac Jones, despite the fact that they are dealing with that Harris injury in the backfield. I think both of these guys don't throw an interception. And you're able to get plus money on no interception right now at DraftKings. You're finding them both at plus 110. I think that this is going to be a little bit more of a run the ball, grind it out sort of game for both of these teams. If I'm leaning anywhere in terms of the total, I'd be looking at the under. It's not something I have personally played, and especially with this moving a few points, I think that it's getting a little bit too low because I could see this being sort of like a 24 to 21 game. I lean to it more being like a total that lands 41 to 42, but now that it has gone down because it's opened up more around 45 and a half, I've got trepidations at 43 and a half. I'd be staying away, but with the Bills, I like them here at minus three and a half. I recognize the Patriots last year in prime time. They were able to win that just dramatic win game that we were seeing where the Patriots, I think, threw the ball three times. And I do think that the Patriots are going to be looking to run it once again quite a bit. So I don't necessarily hate on a lot of these just total rush props. Like I know that I believe that was Brad that was bringing up just total rushes in terms of Radamore Stevenson. Right now you're seeing that at 15 and a half. I like that one over. Heck, Devin Singletary at 12 and a half. I know that it's a little bit juicy, but I think that he's going to be going over there as well. Not sure if I necessarily trust Josh Allen 
to run the ball seven and a half times. I think that that's asking a little bit too much because with Josh Allen being a little bit banged up, I do think that they're going to try to have the workload on him being a little bit less. And as a matter of fact, I would probably be taking a look at the under as he has ran the ball six times or fewer in three out of the last five weeks. So I do think that they're going to try to protect him. So I would look over on Singletary, under on Josh Allen personally in terms of that prop. But when it's all said and done, I do think that you've got a little bit of value here with the Buffalo Bills just because you've got a Patriots team that they are once again having quite a few of their skill guys on offense just a little bit banged up. And when it comes to Mac Jones, I do think that he's going to make smart decisions. I think that he's going to be able to keep a clean sheet. And for Mac Jones, it's a little bit befuddling to see his interception prop actually a plus money because he has thrown zero interceptions each of the last three weeks. What he's also done as well, he's been taking sacks. He has been sacked at least three times in each of the last four weeks. I do think that this is a Bills defense, despite the fact that they're dealing with their injuries right now, that they're still going to be able to dive in. They are going to be able to get to Mac Jones and I do have my question marks in terms of this Patriots offense as a whole, staying off the total a little bit, but I am willing to lay the three and a half with the Buffalo Bills injuries and all. And in terms of the props, I like both of these guys in Josh Allen and Mac Jones to keep a clean sheet, not throw an interception. And we're looking at some overs in terms of Devin Singletary in terms of his rushes, Stevenson in terms of his rushes, and for those, the over and then the under on Josh Allen in terms of seven and a half rushes for him. So that's what I like in terms of Thursday night football. And this is what I like in terms of the pro tip. Beaston.com slash subscribe for all these. You're able to sort them by show and by sport. And I think this one is very important. We're trying to get the best number in college basketball. A lot of the line moves that we see, 4 to 5 a.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 Eastern time. If you're able to set your alarm or if you're like me, you just don't sleep in general, you're able to find very, very good value. You're able to see where the lines are moving. And some of these books are a little bit slow to adjust. So sometimes you're able to get a nice low-hanging number there. And something that is always nice and men that are very versatile, that would be Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. They come your way 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern on Follow the Money here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.